been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental. One that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no BS. Helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things. The iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do. No excuses. Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Well, afternoon where you're at. Where are you at, Mercado? Where do you live? I am right now located in Boston, and it's 12 o'clock right now. It's 12 o'clock. You're on the East Coast. Yes, I am. So we're on the West Coast. So it's morning time for us. Lunchtime for you guys. It's good to have you here today. Looking forward to getting some of your story out today. We got to meet at a speaker competition. I think that's where, well, not a competition. It was more of a um, a summit more than a competition. And that's where you and I got to meet, correct? That's correct. It was amazing. I heard so many amazing, powerful shares and beautiful stories that inspired me on my journey, uh, continue my grandfather's legacy. That's good. That's good. So I'm going to go ahead and let you, Mursad, I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself. Okay. And then we're going to get started, okay? So the floor okay. is yours. Go ahead and introduce that. Tell everybody who you are, and we're going to get started with this awesome story you got. Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Marsara. I'm a life mindset, love attraction and self-love coach. I'm also mom of two girls. My passion is to make a world a better place, to teach people the powers of their mind and how to unlock the powers of their subconscious, to manifest desires and the dreams that they have. It has been an amazing journey for me. I started on a spiritual awakening journey when my grandfather passed away and everything up to this point I have uh, manifested. God took takes the glory, but it's amazing because when you understand the power of the mind, when you understand the feelings, the thoughts, emotions, and you understand how powerful your thoughts are, your life will change forever. Thank you, Mark. That's uh, that is true. Mindset is a it's a powerful it's a powerful tool, and that's uh, that's it happens to be your space, but it became your space just because of a story that you have. So, I want to talk about your what what we talked about a week or so ago i got to know a little bit about your story and so coming from um a war-torn country and making your journey here and you've got some memories as a little girl so let's start off with what what it was and how old you were and just you know what what you had to i think that your mindset has a lot to do with what you had to come through even get here to the united states so let's start as a little girl and what, what went down. So why don't you go ahead? Let's get your story. Yes. So everybody, I'm originally from Bosnia, Herzegovina. In 1992, a war broke out in Bosnia. And as a little girl, I never got to live a normal life. I was forced out of my own home. And one night, just imagine closing your eyes. And in one night, you're forced to live you're forced out of your home with no water, with no food, with no shelter. And you have to survive in the forest while you're trying to um, 
survive. There's gunfire, there's explosions, there's people crying, children screaming, um, it's cold. And so my, my story goes how it's really, um, the war took a lot of innocent, thousands of innocent lives. And um, it, it, I got, I'm getting kind of emotional right now because every time this, my father and every time I hear the story and especially the war that killed innocent people, it breaks my heart. And so I remember as a little girl, like the gunfire, the crying, the uh, my mother was carrying me and she was carrying my sister and as she was carrying me and my sister uh, my grandfather was with her my father wasn't there at the time because he was uh, looking for food and so imagine seeing gunfire bloodshed um, you can hear children screaming uh, you have to hide and you have to hide through the forest and you have to go through long ways through forest because you cannot go if they see you you will be you would be shot and you would die and so it's um, it's really painful because my mother was carrying me and she was carrying my sister. Um, people that were, they didn't want to leave the home. They were burned inside their house. If they had any jewelry on their hands, their fingers would be cut off. And um, where I lived, the city was called Visegrad. And Visegrad is beautiful um, castle, traditional culture. And most of the men that they were killed on the bridge um, my father talks about it and also i as a child remember so much but my father says one of the things where they gather men on they line them up on the bridge and they cut their heads off and so this happened in visegrad drina and um, from there it was very painful because we had to survive with no water with no shelter so basically you have to hide through the forest many mothers they couldn't carry their children um the children were screaming crying they had no diapers like now and so it's like they had to use different cloths to cover the babies and children my mom was carrying me and my sister she's a baby and my grandfather was helping her and um, i'm getting a little bit emotional i'm sorry guys and so my mother couldn't carry my me any, any she couldn't carry my sister any longer because she's tired where children are hungry many people are hungry you want to help somebody but you cannot help anybody because you have there's so many people asking for help you'll see people um you know with no hands with their stomach out with uh, and as a child that's the life that i got to live i never got to live a normal life i was hiding and moving from one place to another and to just to pass the bridge mark just to pass the bridge it would take three uh, three days to pass the bridge on top of six months you have to walk because if the soldiers find you they will shoot you and so we had to pass the bridge the tunnel it's a long tunnel and then move from one location to another to abandon houses to find food um if we cannot find the food my grandfather uh, when my mother couldn't carry me any longer he grabbed me he put me on his back and because of him, I'm alive today. He carried me. And the reason I speak so much about my grandfather and because I want to be example of my grandfather, I think there's hope from there's hope at the end of the tunnel for anybody that's going through any pain challenges. Um, my grandfather saved my life. And if he didn't save my life, I wouldn't be alive here today speaking in front of you guys. And um, so my my, my um, Mark, you led us to the tunnels, and from tunnels, uh, we couldn't cross some of the destinations because there were soldiers, the Serbs, they were aligned on different locations, and if they see you, they would take you, they would take the woman, they would rape the woman. Um, five, six guys would rape one woman, children, they would torture the children. It's like a massacre what they would do to the people. And uh, 
and then they would dig big they would dig big um, grounds they would like dig and then make the people shoot them up and then bury them and so we went from hiding to one old location to another called Medjija. And from there, my father came and he was helping my mother. But we were in one room with like five, six, or even seven people. And um, we, we had to help one another. So um, my father, my grandfather and the men, they would look for food. And so they would, they would find the food in abandoned locations, abandoned houses. They would bring the flour and the women would cook the flour to make bread and the children would be screaming so to move to different locations the soldiers see you uh, you would die so at my to toward the end after six months of moving and moving to different locations um and we had to enter the last location to enter zenitsa and uh, we had my father talked about how some people found the sleeping pills and they gave the sleeping pills to the children so the soldiers don't hear them screaming and crying and so it led them to a location where we started we started it's like a safe area it was called zenitsa and then from zenitsa it just kept moving that's my story so what do you what do you remember all that as a baby i remember just, what do you remember from your perspective uh, I remember gunfire. I remember even as a child when I would go to school, I went to school called Kulimban and um, the school was, uh, I remember walking to the school and I heard a big explosion like gunfire and the teacher told us uh, before I heard the gunfire, I was walking to the school, it's a big explosion. Me and my best friend, we like covered ourselves. It was close to the school. And then when we entered the school, we were safe, of course. But when we entered to the school, it was gunfire and we had to hide underneath our chairs. The teacher said, hide underneath your chairs. So you, you, you remember that. Now, this, if war was not, if you came to the United States because of war, is that correct? Yes, I You're, came in because of war. And my aunt, she lived in Germany, so she sent us paperwork to come here to help us out. So from where, you, now what made that place safe? The, the other place in Bosnia, why was that safe? How did that come about that that was a safe place to go? Um, many were saying that uh, as men and the soldiers, the, the good soldiers got together, like my father and, and um, the family, they were saying that's a safe zone. Because uh, the war, um, there's different locations, but those are the, some of the safe zones that had to go to. And mm -hmm. Zenitsa was one of the safe zones. And that is, so what, so we got, you were six months into that to get there. It took six months yeah. to even get there. Is that correct? My father says, um, you know, as a child, I don't remember everything, but I do remember uh, growing up and the struggle and the pain and I seen gunfire and I heard stories and this war stories, um, they've been they've been talked about it for so long. That's why I talk about mind programming and reprogramming, deprogramming the mind, because this is what the stories are. Uh, when you go to somebody's house and drink coffee, it's all war stories that are shared over and over again. And so this is the story that I heard as a child on repetition and my mother, spoke about it my father spoke about it my family spoke about it and as a child i remember living that experience with them and on top of that as a child i remember not having food not having water um, mm. a lady that was um, my grandmother and she was walking she had milk and we didn't even have milk and she gave me a sip of milk she's like let her drink some milk 
those are, man, I'm telling you that when you first told me the story and I told you, I said, you need to have a book on this. It needs to be written. Will be. We, 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 we talked about that, right? Cause you got a little bit of a chapter of what, you know, what, what has set your life to go, but that is a story that, that needs to be told. And somebody else will tell, somebody's going to tell the story. It might as well be you, you know what I mean? And so, uh, I, I, you know, I still, I still believe that today. Well, let's talk about now you went to ne your next step was get to Germany. Is that correct? My aunt lived in Germany, so she was already here. So she sent us to work to come here to United States. Okay. So she sent you paperwork. Yes. And now who went first? Was it you and mom? Uh, so the, my mom has uh, three sisters. Uh, the oldest sister, uh, she didn't go. So it was only my mom and my two aunts. And so dad, so when you got to Germany, were you there for a while? Uh, I didn't live in Germany. My aunt lived in Germany. When we came, we came here and we lived in this. When we came here, we moved from location to location. But when we came to United States, we lived in this uh, city called Chelsea. And it was my mother and my father and me and my my aunt. Um, now, we lived first in Chelsea, but we actually moved location to location. So when we first time first entering United States, we lived this in like small apartment in 35 Charger Street in the beer. And we lived this in small, tiny apartment, the whole family together. OK, so let me ask this question. Now you, so I'm asking. So what state was that in? Boston, Massachusetts. And so that was in Boston. With, was there a lot of, from Bosnia, was there a lot of people coming to the United States or trying to get here? Was, yes. was there a community where you went? In Boston, was there a Bosnia community where you guys came to? Is that how that looked? That's how it looked, exactly. Some people wanted to go so bad, and some were lucky to get paperwork, but that's after the war. Some were lucky to get the paperwork. Some just wanted to leave because everything was destroyed. They wanted to start a new life. Like, we had a home that my father built with his own hands that it has, it's been destroyed. Um, everything that we had, all the memories, pictures, everything has been burned. So we just wanted a new start, a fresh new start. Even though... My father has a huge family in Europe, six brothers and five sisters, and it's a humongous family. Some of them, they just didn't want to leave because they're used to, they're used to the location, they're used to their own hometown. We, my parents wanted a better life for myself, my sisters, to go to college, to graduate, to, I guess, the America, the dream, the opportunities to come here. And so we ended up um, going through all the paperwork and then we came here. Yes, that's, so... That's interesting. Now, what was life like? Now, now, let's let's say at first it wasn't your dad wasn't with you. It was mom and two sisters. How long before grandparents actually got to come here and along with your father? How long did it take before all your family was together? Well, after a few a few years, because um, grandpa died in 2012. So I'm not going to say date because it's been a while i don't want to give, give the wrong information but they came like after three years after us about around three years after us yes. and now what year was that that you made it to the united states do you remember that year You're i know it's little. Like, i don't know if it's 2000 i don't want to give the wrong information that right. I Some, somewhere early late 90s early 2000s then that's, in that area right that's correct Mark. and then then your family was got together 
Now, did you travel anywhere outside of Boston or did you guys, did you guys stay there or did you move to other, other locations or just within different cities? Well, when you come here, you don't speak the language, you don't understand anything. It's hard as it is. Um, so we stayed in a small apartment, the whole family together. And then from there, as they started getting small jobs, it was like labor jobs, right? My, hire, my father did a harbor flooring. Uh, he found a job through a Bosnian friend that was here. And he's been doing this job for over right now for over, over 10 years, so more than 10 years. And so my mom, she couldn't work because she had to take care of me, my sister, and she was pregnant, my third sister, Amina. And so, like, it was really hard. So she couldn't do uh, have a job, so she has to stay. And so we kind of stay in the same uh, apartment for a long period of time. And then as my father started making income, then we moved to a different location. So from Revere, went to Chelsea, then we had our own mm. apartment. And then from there, like, it was tough because he was the only one working, he was struggling, the English was a problem, you know, having small children, my mom had, like, she would put them in the pre-k or school but it couldn't because uh she would she didn't want to be separated from them especially because of the war what it has done for her she wanted to be close to her children and so my father would work tired like from morning to night and this is why i wanted to make a world a better place i wanted to help them i wanted to um be the change so i would try to you know succeed in everything do more work uh, as, as a younger child like whatever my mother told me to do like it would be morely, more like adult job, helping my mother, taking care of my sisters, helping them work together. So, so I'm listening to this. Mm -hmm. And even as hard as that was, was it better than where you were? Is that correct? Well, America, life of all dreams, opportunities was better here. hundred yes. times. I think... And I went back to visit, I would never, like, I feel I'm born Bosnian, but I just don't belong. Like, when I go there and I see the burn houses and I see how people struggle and I see the lifestyle they live even now and how things are rebuilding, it doesn't, I just don't feel like I belong there. I feel like I want to help them. And when I went to visit, like, even no matter how much I give from my heart and how many children I help, it's never enough because people... They don't have the government. It's not good. Like everything is at the, the I, I would say like the matrix, everything's destroyed. People depart over land, money, religion, but everything is destroyed. So it's slowly rebuilding, but it's destroyed. Were you the first, did you go, were you the first one to start learning English in school and help the family? Or how did, how did you guys overcome a language barrier? How did that happen? Well, when we came here, we had to uh, take English as a second language. So where we lived, next to the apartment, there used to be this like a small area, ESL, English as a second language. So my father and mother, they had to learn the language itself. So they would get these booklets and they would have to study the booklets, you know, how to say hi, how are you? But it wasn't like the American English. It was like the English, the, the England English. And so by us going to school, by putting us in small like school, um, we slowly started learning, me, my sisters, um, and the more I, at first it was like a Bosnian, there was, um, what's it called, the first school I went to, um, I cannot remember, it has been a long, it's been a long time, but um, there was this guy, Skero, and Vera Dumancic was a teacher, and it's inside American school, this Bosnian people were teaching, so you would be learning Bosnian and English at the same time.
You know, because it, it fascinates me on just when I listen to your story and you talk about, you know, it's America where things are. And most Americans don't really understand what it's like to come from a war torn country uh, to here. And so, we're, you know, Americans are kind of complacent and lazy. Let's just say that. You know, they're so they're so spoiled with what they have. They don't really know what they have, to be honest with you. Well, Mark, we have everything like the happy family, the house, the cars. My parents worked, had the good jobs. We were well off. We didn't have to depend on anybody here in America. You have to de- like you have to provide for yourself. You have to depend on somebody to provide like and so like we had everything. Everything was uh, taken care of and then just you lost everything so you have to start rebuilding all over again and so just watching my parents struggle my father like I love my parents so much like I my father has nightmares he has been, he's been having migraines for a long period of time because he's been having bad dreams and it's because he as a soldier he has seen things that most people haven't seen in their lives now right. you know seeing people with no arms, explosions of the stomach and different things like, and he's seen with his own eyes. This is what he gets to relive every time. And so this is why I believe God put me and gave me the knowledge and the wisdom to be able to teach people how to overcome the pain, the challenges, the hurts, and how we can heal this trauma, the pains. Because most of the, most of the things we're experiencing right now in our life, we're living a day to daily lives. We're not even aware of it. Yes, that is, that, that, that is true. What what you're saying is 100% true. And when I'm listening to your story, part of me is like, you know, I feel proud that I'm in a, uh, from a country that mm-hmm. has the ability that you can come in. And what you said is right. The opportunity is here. Whether you take it or not is up to you. Okay. And it looks like when you come from a place like that, hard work is something that was part of what your family does already. So... It's not it, it it doesn't surprise me that they made a life for themselves based on on how they're going to they're going to work. And I mean, coming from six months and going through tunnels and going through, um, you know, your dad being a soldier, I can imagine the 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 thoughts that 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 came from him and your grandfather, when he came, he probably also worked. Is that correct? Once he got here? Well, they have this belief or I don't know if it's a paradigm since when they've been born it's like they have to work hard and kill themselves and work hard and so that's what they did to build the houses he built it with his own hands he had to use hard work he and his brother they build a house and my grandfather it's they have this cultural thing where you have to work hard you have to work hard there's no other way you can make money there is no other way you can survive and so this is the belief that has been passed down so i remember as a little girl like after the war and they were finally settling down and we're living this awful houses like you know like you don't have the nice furniture the nice cars all the stuff that we had before you don't have the mm-hmm. like all these beautiful things but they're not important because materialistic things they're just temporary because we without it you know rich or poor we're gonna go to this to the same grave and um, what i'm trying to say is that i remember taking like stealing money i remember stealing money my father had money on the fridge and it was like a couple coins couple 25 cents like when you add them up you can make a dollar and uh, um, it's in Boston it's called Yeramarka a dollar and you can buy ice cream 
And so I remember stealing that money and going to the store. So excited as a little girl going to the store and buying that ice cream and then coming home with the ice cream in my hand. So excited. My father was like, okay, so where's the money from the fridge? And at the time as a child, I didn't understand that. Like now as I'm 32, I'll be 33. I'm understanding now, you know, the, the mindset, the scarcity mindset, the, the, the worry about money, the beliefs about money and uh, I remember taking that money, stealing it, and he's telling me, like, he was disappointed in me. Like, I didn't feel like I would deserve it, even though he didn't feel he, what he was trying to tell me. He loves me. He wanted to me appreciate money. He wanted me to appreciate the life we have, to, to be grateful for the things we have. I didn't understand as a child. So as I got older, I didn't think I was deserving of money. The money is hard to make. The money is evil. That uh, All these things, all these beliefs that have been passed down. Generation. Mm. Man, that's a uh, that's hard. Now, twenty twelve comes, and then your life is, you know, was it unexpected? Was was your grandfather sick? Was it unexpected to lose him? How did that look for you? Because this is where things change yeah. for you. My grandfather was my hero. As a little girl, he spoiled me. Whether it's my birthday, he would buy me giant candy, like this big giant candy. He would buy me things. He would spoil me. He would come visit me. Uh, and so he, somebody I looked up to so much. And um, in 2012, when he died from cancer, uh, it, it was... It was, it was so hard because for me, I used to cut his hair. I used, used to come to the house when we lived in Chelsea. And when we lived, when we moved, like as we moved to different locations and finally bought a house here in Revere. And then my family like started to get better and better. And then, uh, you know, having a better jobs and he would come to the house and he only trusted me to cut his hair. So I had this amazing <laughs> grandfather where I would cut his hair. And the first time I cut his hair, I messed up. So he told me, shave it all off. It's, it made him bald. And again, my this amazing relationship where he taught me to love others, to be kind, to be honest, to, to give to others. Like he taught me like so much that he was like my hero. And so what I loved about him, and I know this is gonna, it breaks my heart. This is why I wanna continue his grand, my grandfather's legacies because he was an orphan. He didn't have a mother and father and he married my grandmother who was also an orphan and she was all you know didn't have her parents and they fell in love and during the war he would go out of his way to get food for the children you know and for, for people for me for my for everybody and this is why it's hard to find people like that it's fine to find people who they would risk their own life to, to help others and so i wanted to be example of him and so we had this amazing relationship and when he died like my world turn upside down like I everything that I tried to accomplish got like it just started to become difficult like I started being depressed I started being angry I started feeling low self-esteem I was going through all those especially as a teen you know going through all those changes you were feeling low self-esteem depression anxiety comparison anything you you know those thoughts negative thoughts I started feeling those things and it led me to a really bad depression mark Yes, that's, and that's kind of where, you know, you had a life, you know, you, this is where the starting of, of where you're alive. Now, when, at 2012, were you married at that time? Did you find your husband here in the okay. States? How, where happened? did that, where did, the, where did you, where did that come in with your family? Um, in 2012, um, 
I told my grandfather that I met the love of my life and that I wanted to get married, uh, but I didn't want to get married because he was sick. And he said, no, you know, he called me to the house. And before he was sick, I went to visit him. Actually, I went to visit him. Uh, he was yellow. His whole body was yellow. His face was yellow and swollen. Um, and I went there, and as I was seeing him, he was smiling at me. And I said, Grandpa, lay down. I want to massage your hands and your feet. And so he laid down, and I was massaging his hands and feet. And then I saw my grandma crying in the bathroom in 2000. Um, she was crying in the bathroom, and I asked her what's wrong. And she said she was trying to give Grandpa a shower, and he fell. And she said that his time is up. He's dying. And so I felt so sad because at this time, I got, in, like, I got engaged, and grandpa is sick and he you know it's it's like too much uh, and so i go to talk to my grandpa and i'm telling him well i'm massaging him i'm talking to him and said you know grandpa I'm, I'm engaged to be married i don't know what to do you're sick i don't know if you're gonna and he said mercada that he loves me that life goes on like uh, life goes on that i need to continue my life and i need to get married and so after he died, like I went, I was depressed, so depressed, but I was engaged. I didn't get married right away. We waited. And then when grandpa died and they buried him, we got married. Mm. And then you have children now, Yes. right? You yes. have, you have daughters. Is that correct? I have two girls. Two girls. Yes. I have a little girl. She's not One. so little anymore, but, Aww. uh, Oh. Yes, I had I, I had three boys and a little girl myself. Well, you have boys, Mark. I do, and yes. a little girl. Oh. Yes, I have three sons. The biggest. And, yes, my oldest one's married, and he helps me run the studio. And one's graduating. My youngest boy is graduating college next Saturday, and so it's been a uh, it's been something. It's it's you know. Yeah, I've got, and then my little girl's my baby. Yeah, she's 20, she's 21 now, but so she's my, she's my, she's my baby. That's for sure. So I get, I get what it is to be a mom. So when, you know, so you, you lose your grandpa. I, I'm interested in, in this, in this part of your story. Yes. So you had depressions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And right when you were start, starting to get married, when did you have a change of your mind? Were you saying this? Do you ask, tell me if this is correct? Because I, I talk about this all the time. No matter how much counseling or whatever we have or whatever we do, whatever we go through, at some point, mm -hmm. we have to make a decision in our mind that something's going to change. Do you agree with that? That's correct. Because as I was going through this depression, I was feeling angry. I was so angry. I hated God. Because I still love God so much, and this is at this point I hated God because two nights before when he when they told me that he's gonna die, I said no, that's not gonna happen because you know I I thought God was gonna protect him, he's gonna save him. So I prayed the whole two whole two nights. I cried two nights, and it didn't happen. And, you know, I went to my work on my way to my work. I received a phone call. I worked for Lufthansa at that time. Uh, I work. I when I came to the work, a gigantic, beautiful, big gigantic picture was on the wall and as i walked in um this picture broke in thousand little pieces i received a phone call that grandpa died and i had to come home and as i'm going back home in the train i'm crying and people are looking at me like what's wrong with this girl like she's bawling you know she's crying so much i receive another phone call my mom says don't go home go straight to grandma grandpa's like this old 
elderly home. So I go directly there, the whole family is there. They're all sitting, they're all crying, children, smaller, my aunts, cousins. And that's the first time in my life that I see a person walks in and brings a big gigantic bag, black bag, and he puts my grandpa in that bag. And after that moment, I came, when I came home, you know, depression and crying, I was just like, what is going on? What is this happening? You know, and going through that led me to a spiritual awakening. Like it started with, you know, after days, you know, feeling worse about myself, I started just trying to feel better. And then I came across a book called, um, I don't know how many of you heard a book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. But actually the first book that I came across, it wasn't Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon. It was called The 16 Laws by Napoleon Hill. Mm -hmm. I know that book. Yeah, I kind of grabbed it and I was reading it. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Then I started reading. As I started reading, talks about paradigms, talks about how brain is a transmitter of frequency. And then I started slowly, as I'm reading, connecting like the dots, the pains, the trials. I started connecting the dots, thinking, I was like, I started thinking to myself, why is it that people die? Why is it? What am I here to do? Uh, who am I in this? Like, I started asking myself some weird questions. And then it led me to realize that, you know, we're, we are here to create. We're God's creation. We're here to create the real life that we desire to have. And so as I started learning, I started learning that our thoughts are so powerful. Everything that we have been experiencing, okay, war, war happened how God wanted it to be. But everything else that happens in our life, depression, anger, low self-esteem, anxiety, um, suicidal, I mean, no matter what it is, those are the thoughts that are playing in our mind. And these, these thoughts, they create energies and they create frequencies and emotions. And this is why most we feel stuck, we feel lost, we feel, we feel confused because we go into this cycle, we experience this cycle over and over again and we don't know why. And automatically when I read this part where it says that we have 80,000 thoughts that we're not even aware of, they're subconsciously programmed and they keep replay, replaying in our mind. And the way we, the way we um, live our life and the pains we experience because we so much develop in our mind and we focus so much on the negative that we kind of build this belief of in our mind that everything is bad and then we start experiencing all these bad things and so i started kind of more reading more books uh, educating myself studying more binge watching uh connecting to people and it led me to you know groups connections um investing in mentors coaches to realize and then i realized so many times we're living this lie, you know, this belief is a lie, the programming is the habits, everything has been passed down. And some of these beliefs that we're living are not our even own. Like we're living, even as a child, I'm living trauma, but I healed some of the trauma. My parents haven't healed their trauma yet because everybody, when the, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So God puts each person through, I think, spiritual awakening. And I think I went to that spiritual awakening because I hated God so much that I was questioning everything, questioning life. And then I realized about the lies, the illusions, the matrix, and then everything just started connecting all the dots. But it led me to read books, more books. The more books I read, the more videos I watched. Um, it just got slowly um, align you with different opportunities, align you with different resources. And then slowly I started loving God, appreciating God. And um, understanding that everything that happened for me was a blessing because it actually, I'm not in Bosnia anymore. I'm here now, Mark. Mm -hmm. I'm I am happy. 
I was, I'm not depressed, I'm happy. And I learned what caused me depression, what caused me anger, what caused me those thoughts. And I'm grateful that, you know, I didn't have that as opportunity as a child to help my parents that much. But now as I'm older, I know this information, right? And I know now how I can help them heal because we have so much beliefs, paradigms, I don't know, it depends on what age you are, but you have stored up so much trauma, emotions, paradigms, past beliefs that you're not even aware of, and you have to heal. And the only way we can experience different results is that we have to heal from the inside, process pain, trauma, hypnotherapy, I mean, whatever it is, and then you can slowly manifest on the outside. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So I saw, so let's talk about where, where we, so we met at Sticker Shock and- yeah. Where did you find Daniel Gomez and or and then have him is speaking something you've always wanted to do or he put the seed into you and then you you went to the and we're yeah. going to talk a little bit about your speech there. But let's let's talk about how you got there first. Well, it led me uh, on this spiritual journey. Let me tell you, it's it's a roller coaster. It's an emotional roller coaster. You have to be stronger and tough, stronger than your emotions. And it led me to, you know, so social media from social media connecting to people, slowly building my brand. I'm still not there yet. I'm learning how to. Uh, it led me to different applications, and it led me to an app called um, Clubhouse. And on Clubhouse, I started speaking. I started sharing. I started connecting. I noticed people started liking me so much. They started asking me questions. How do I work with you? Tell me more about yourself. And so from there, it led me to opportunities where other people wanted to interview me, podcast, TV, radio. And so... I met Daniel in a room uh, called Manifest Your Dreams. And it was run by, uh, I think his name is Jackley Matthews. Yes, he was, it was run by Jackley Matthews. And from there, I connected one night. I heard him speak. It was called Create Conference with, I think, Kevin Johnson. And uh, I heard him speak. That's Many times he spoke in the clubhouse, but I was shy to reach out. And then one night, I heard him speak. And I just fell in love with his story. And I love the message he was sharing with the world. And I, one night, I wrote a list of my dreams I wanted to accomplish. And I sent him a message. I said, this is, hi, Daniel. My name is Versada. This is what I want to accomplish. This is my dream. Uh, I probably don't know me that much. So I sent him this list of all the dreams. And I didn't think he was going to answer because, right, these big people, I don't know if they're going to ever answer, right? So I ended up trusting God. And the next following few days, I received a message from Daniel. And he said, let's connect, let's do a Zoom together. And from there, it just led me to opportunities. But even before, I had to connect, I had to grow, I had to learn. I invested in coaches, mentors. But how I met Daniel is, is, is God sent. Um, I met him through Clubhouse, a speaking uh, application. And then from there, we started, uh, I started going to his rooms, learning from him. He used to um, share a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom, and I was very intrigued. And when he spoke at the Create Conference, just like my heart, whatever he shared, like resonated with him. Like I felt like this is exactly who I want to work with. This is I need to learn everything from this man. And uh, from there led us to opportunities where he was coaching me, teaching me. At the same time, I wanted to. I was promoting his book called The Making of the Millionaire Mind, and the course was called also the course. Um, he gave me the course as a gift, so I ended up studying it, taking the knowledge, spending time learning it. And then I learned everything that I studied 
up to you know from 2012 it made sense because he talked about it in the course and so i started sharing with the world of course people found it strange at the beginning because they don't know about the brain transmitter frequency they don't know about energies they don't know about how to match frequencies and energy so this was strange to people at the beginning and um, so the more I started sharing, the more people started being more interested. And so it led me to different opportunities where I spoke at Clubhouse. Even now, as I'm speaking here, Mark, I'm um, interview getting being interviewed led me to an opportunity where I said I was going to feed. I don't know how that I said in my heart, I'm going to feed one million, one million of children. I'm so happy and grateful now by this date, I'm going to feed this many children. And I didn't feed that many children, but I did have a chance to go in 2019 to Bosnia. And I did feed so many children, not a million, but I fed the children and it felt so good. From there, it led me, when I came back, we started working more with Daniel, started learning more with Daniel. And he said, what is your dream? It's like my dream really is speaking. It's always been sharing my story so I can give hope to other people so they can see they can overcome any pain, any challenge. And so it led me to speaking events with Daniel to Sticker Shock Speaking Academy. And then it led me to another event that I just spoke called Save the Next Generation, Our Children. And then it led me to a couple of events. So now my phone is booked. Uh, I'm doing another event, I'm maybe with Jesse as well. And so I'm just grateful and thankful that God is aligning these opportunities because I feel like he wants me to share the story to help millions. And I believe that my story is going to feed millions of children. Yeah, that's good. It's, it's good. It's So I saw you. So I'm going to talk about your speech a little bit because I, you, I, you were super nervous about getting on stage because we talked about it the night before. We were yeah. sitting at, yeah, we were all, yeah, I think um, Terry Hux was with us and we were sitting at a table and Emilio was there and we were talking and you were super, super nervous about doing it. Then you got on stage and then Daniel cut you off. Remember? So yes. you need to stop and you need to go. And then he jumped on your case and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Is she going to fold or is she going to make it happen? And, uh, because I was there, I was watching that. Right. <laughs> I remember telling Daniel, boy, if you talk to me that way, Daniel, I'm going to choke you out, dude. And so uh, I said, and he goes, man, she has to bring it out. She's got a story. And we were talking a minute and then you stopped. Tell me what, tell me your, I never got to ask you this question. Tell me your thought process right in that moment. Were you like, oh my gosh. Or were you like, okay, man, I'm just going to start over and do it again. You know, I went through so much rejection on the spiritual journey and the spiritual awakening. And what I can tell people is this, Mark. This is not easy. It's not for everybody. I know, but everybody has a specialized gift and everybody has a specialized knowledge. It, this is really an emotional roller coaster. Like when you're manifesting your dreams, it's not easy, you know, being a mom, being a wife, managing these thoughts, healing, processing. You really have to be stronger than the words, what people say to you. They, they throw stones at you. You throw flowers at them. You have to be stronger than the feelings and emotions. Because if you can manage your strong feelings and emotions, like if Daniel told me, uh, maybe the previous version of myself probably be like, okay, why, why would he do that? You know, you probably get angry. But no, I felt like, okay, he's right. You know, he's he cares for me. He's been helping me. He wants to see me win. And this is the people you need around, you need around yourself, people that want to see you win. And at that point, I was like, he really cares about me. Because other person, if, if it was in his shoes, he's like, okay, let her go through, you know. And this is my reel. This is a professional reel that millions of other, uh, you know, speakers are going to see. Uh, companies are going to hire me because of this reel. He cared for me. He's like, okay, Marcella, stop. I know how you present. I know how you speak. You can do better. 
And at that time, I was like, you know what? He really cares for me. I'm going to bring it. And that's why I spoke from my heart. That was good. It was good. And you did bring it right after that, too. I said, oh, man, she pulled that off so good. And uh, <laughs> I remember I remember it vividly uh, because I was in the back when you were speaking. Mm -hmm. Right. So I wanted to watch it from the backside. I wanted to see how you did. Right. I was used, I was at a table and I said, OK, when she talks, because we talked the night before. I said, I want to see how she does. And so I was back there with Daniel and then Daniel did it. And I'm like, man, you are mean, bro. And uh, I said, <laughs> he's like, she can do this, man. She can do this. And so, yeah, he was pulling for you big time. He was yes. pulling for you big time. So and then you pulled it off, man. You did good. It was it was it was fun. And then we yeah. got to we got to meet and you told a little bit of your story. But then, you know. You know, you and I got to talk a little bit more because I helped you a little bit with your with the writing stuff portion of what you're trying to do for a chapter in a book. And, exactly. and you know, I, I'll tell you just from me, from my experience. Right. It was a year ago, Mersada, when you talk about mindset. Right. It was a year ago mm -hmm. was well, a year and two, three months ago that I decided that I'm going to write the book that I have. And I mean, I was so lost. In in the process, right? I was like, man, I had no, in in how to how to make my thoughts the way they need to be. How am I going to get this done? And then you know, I was coached through Emilio, right? And we and I got it and I got it done. And for a year later, to start helping other people write, there's no way. There's no way a year ago I would have said I would be helping anybody write anything, and then to to be able to help people kind of get their thoughts together and, 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 and interview. And it's probably because my podcast, you know, I interview and I interview, I think you're, you're, you're 101 today or something to that effect. But uh, Terry last week was a hundred. And so I was like, you know, from the interview processing, asking certain questions and learning from the person that helped me write how they interviewed me and how, how we went about it. It was just fun. And so that just yeah, that speaks for mindset, right? Because there's no way that you would uh, that I, I would have ever thought that I would be able to to help out that way. Because I even helped Emilio out, I think, with his with his chapter also, and it was powerful. These were powerful stories. I mean, I had to get up after Emilio's whole deal, right? That was not an easy that was not an easy speech to go about doing, you know, after Emilio's. Uh, talk. So I get what that was. And I wanted to make sure I tell you just how awesome I thought it was that because I know because you told me a little bit about your story. And I mean, you, you've been hammered, you know, and you the self-esteem that comes with it and you were ha hammered. And then he he pushes you and then you overcame it and then you knocked it out of the park. And it was so good. It was so fun to to watch you win at that particular moment that it probably one of the, one of the highlights of my weekend was that because I like to see people get under adversity. Cause I put people like, you know, I say that to Daniel, but I do it to my students all the time. I put pressure on them all the time. I yeah. push them to a next level and I want to see them. They're either going to fold or they're going to have victory. One of the two is going to happen or they're going to learn in the process, you know, either, either way you go. And then you overcame that. And I thought that was super, super powerful. Uh, and I just want to make sure I, I gave you the the proper uh, 
you know, gratitude of me getting to be there to watch it and you and you pushing through on on, a, on the time that you needed to. So that should tell you something about yourself. You know, when push comes to shove, you know, you know, your attitude is bring it whenever My- there's, you know, there's two things, right? There, if there's an obstacle, you're going to either go over it, around it or through it. Exactly. And, Right. And you went through it that day and you, and you, and you became really good. Now you said that that particular time though, kind of started catapulting you. Cause I started watching after that sticker shock, you really started doing more reels. I saw you really pushing a brand out on yourself now to try and you have this passion to help others. Um, and you have a story, you have this awesome story because first of all, it makes me super proud to be an American, right? And, and then I, I see that the country here, you didn't make excuses. Your grandfather didn't make excuses. Your dad and mom certainly didn't make any excuses. They put their head down. They went to work. There's opportunity. And they went after it. I just think it's such a powerful thing. And now you're doing the same thing. So what you were taught as a little girl at that sticker shock, and then you spoke, and now you're kind of getting after it, and you have this brand. And are you still doing anything on Clubhouse? Do you do anything on Clubhouse or no? Yes. So I and right now I am speaking um, on different. I'm speaking uh, on Clubhouse. Yesterday was we spoke with Jay Noland on ChatGPT, which was pretty amazing. How to use the services and resources instead of trying to figure out your own. You have actually ChatGPT that can help you um, get your course out, get your book out. I mean, so many things now you can use the resources and, um, led me to the, understand that, you know, pain is part of the process. We'll be forced with, you know, to make decisions with everything that happens in our life. And it made me realize that if I want something, I just have to push through. I have to go after what I want. And it started with connecting to such amazing people, sticker shock. Like it led me to opportunity, got open opportunity, like door opportunity portals for me. But even when I started working with Daniel, because you know, you're working for a multimillionaire, learning from a multimillionaire, that's when opportunity started opening up because somebody saw more in me than I saw in myself. So Daniel saw more in me than what I saw in myself. He gave me the opportunity to show me, okay, yes, you can do it. I believe in you. Because as children, we don't get that praise. Oh, you you can do this. You're smart. You're this. You get this. You know, it's not that it's not our parents' fault, but that's how the culture and generations we've been raised. You know, you're not good enough. You're not smart. You can't do this, right? And so this is the program you've been living. And so now you have to heal and process. And so when I understood somebody loves me, somebody cares for me, somebody believes in me, led me to just start believing more myself, led me to opportunities where a guy, Mark, a guy saw me spoke in Washington, he's from Washington, D.C. His name, his name is Alex Mason. He saw me spoke. He saw me share from my heart and he heard me speak in Clubhouse and he would, he would always write to me, you're so powerful, but I didn't believe it, right? The belief, you still have to have that belief. And so the more I started stepping out of my comfort zone, a beginning, it was awful. I had no, like, I didn't have the resource. I didn't have the coaches. I, like, it was hard, right? You have to learn and grow and develop and grow as you go. And it's the hard thing was stepping out of my comfort zone, like to be some, be myself, right? Because you, in this world, if you want to succeed, you have to really be you. And so that's when I started stepping out of my comfort zone, meeting with people, going to events, saying yes to everything, to opportunities, and also saying no. What's like, if it doesn't align with my mission and my vision, it's a no. And so it led me to speak at Clubhouse to, speak at different events then i started creating i created um me and alex created this room called conquer club where we actually started giving information to people and that's how we were building this client relationship tell and um 
he led me to Alex Mason. You see how God aligns? You just have to take the action, believe in yourself, take the step that you can do it, and trust God. Like you don't, you cannot trust your own ability, but you have to trust in God's ability because He put He put the vision. He put the vision in my dream when my grandfather died. And now it's strange to say that because I don't know. Like the vision that I saw in my that I closed my eyes when I see it was unbelievable. I knew that He had different mission for my life, and so. Mark, he's he. I wasn't. I was. I was. I was at home. I spoke, and I that wasn't on uh, Clubhouse because Grandma got sick and she's paralyzed right now at the moment. So I kind of took a short break, and he heard me speak. He came all the way from Washington D.C. to help me right now, and we're in process right now of finishing the course um, to help people overcome depression and anxiety and suicidal. And so we're now finishing this course, and it's about to be launched very soon. I'm doing the last. Uh, last recording but you see how god works like you don't know the answer of how you don't you might not be you might be stuck you just have to believe in yourself take that action step out of your comfort zone and trust god take that inspired action when it comes and he will provide the resources the people the podcast the tv the news i mean the radio all of it for you yes is a hundred percent and you uh and you've owned that so i've watched you it's been pretty inspirational, just so you know, right? I've watched you. And this Clubhouse thing is interesting. As yeah. much as I do my broadcasting and stuff like that, I have not heard of it. I've heard of it, but not really looked into it. And because I'm on the same journey as you are, I have a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of experience in my life that can help others that have a, you know, same as you. Most people's mindsets aren't where they need to be. And that's that's and you hear about you hear about mindset all the time. Mm -hmm. But I have I have a story because I have a story of when I, I spoke into existence, uh, losing a major, major competition because of what I spoke into it. And then I told myself that is never going to happen again. And the next year, you know, I went after it again. And then I kept the title for another four years after that. But that I spoke into existence losing that day. And man, that was a hard lesson. That's an expensive lesson when you when you have the expense of competing all year. You're a top seed. And then you say the wrong thing right before you, right before you compete in your head. And then it translated right to what I did. And I'm like, oof, I cannot do that anymore. And so that was a major lesson. And that's that's what put me on the next journey is to take my my experiences because you know i have a fun experience you had this war torn i mean your story is pretty intense right i've got this you know experience of wanting to be a world champion and 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 having a business that I, people said i had no business having mm -hmm. and then overcoming those obstacles which we all do you know everybody has a story everybody has an awesome story but coming out of a, a war-torn country getting yourself here watching you take your lessons from your, your parents and your grandparents, then continue a legacy onto your grandfather that came from a war-torn country that put his put you on his back, carried you out in, in, while you were in forest and tunnels in order for you to get where you are today, and now you're going to take that and you're going to manifest it in, in, into other people's lives. That is a story in itself, and look forward to seeing where it goes. So with that being said, Mercedes, you said you have something coming out. Do you have an actual website for yourself and stuff like that or not? Okay, so 
God is taking all the work, he's taking all the glory, and the course is being done very soon, July 5th and 6th will be finally done. Uh, so the, there's a website called Glover Mercada. Uh, you can check it out. That's where you can you know, see my testimonials. You can see my feedback from clients. And there's another app where I speak directly. Clubhouse is amazing, Mark, and you need to get on it because you're meeting with powerful people you don't all over the world they can you know transform your life in one day you're one connection away from perfect life and it led me to you know just after this um you know podcast i'm doing an interview will be interviewed again and you know all these amazing opportunities magazine you know uh, all these things and i want to say get on it mark because it's going to open um whatever you're doing how amazing you are you talked about it in your story um, you're going to help so many people. So you need to get on the clubhouse. Another app they can contact me. It's called OWL, where I, as a coach, I help them. They pay for my service but to speak to me. And then I help them with this mindset, uh, how to program the mind, deprogramming the mind, hypnotherapy, emotional freedom techniques. I mean, there's so much that I give services and they can choose something from there and directly contact me. Also, I'm all over social media because I've been building myself since 2012. Uh, and one thing I can tell you, everybody starts off, nobody's successful. It takes time, it takes work. Uh, a beginning, you know, I sucked at it, but I think that my <laughs> my motto is that it's either you, the thing is for me, it's either you stay where you are and you live the same life for the rest of your life, or you do something different, you step out of your comfort zone and you experience the magic. And so for me, I said to myself, I'm not going to, why is that? Why is it that 99% of people are doing the same thing? Why is it? So I started questioning everything, questioning everything. That's why it led me to um, people, connection, opportunities. And not only that, now I have, as a coach myself now, I have a course that's under me. Before I used to give services through a fence plans where people pay uh, to click on this link, click on this exercise to pay, purchase it. But on, on OWL is you directly speak to me. You ask me questions, I help you, and then you'll see my testimonies, you'll see my feedback from people. Um, so you can connect with me through Instagram, to Facebook, to Facebook group, um, through any of the social media networks. So what I want you to do for me today, so when we're done, when we're done today, I want you to give me, all, give me that website and everything. I want you to give it to me uh, on your Facebook Messenger because everything I do on video, I also make a uh, an audio version of this, okay? So the audio version will be out today, and I'll give you uh, and you'll see another link and say, "Hey, the audio the audio podcast with Mursada has dropped," and then you can share all that. You know, the video will always be there. You're always on my YouTube channel, but now I can go back into YouTube because you have I have your bio in there, and I'm going to have all your info how to contact you, and then it's also on my website at markcox.com. You'll have that. And I will go in and edit and make sure that I have all your contact information so people can come on, dude. I feel mm -hmm. one day you and I are going to speak on the same stage. Yes, we will. You, yes, you watch. Whether it's going to be your stage one day, I'm going to be there, or whether we're together at some other stage, but we're going to speak again together. I can feel it. I right? feel it. And we're going to have we're going to have some fun doing that. So this was this was an awesome hour, man. I I. Ever since I took an interview, when I interviewed you a little bit about helping you with that chapter of the book, and I told you, I said, oh, my goodness, this this story has to be and it has to be told. And I'm going to tell you why, because man, we are so spoiled as Americans. I cannot tell you every time I hear uh, 
immigrants that have come from here to a war torn country to here, put their heels in, gave, you know, America is there and it's there for the taking if you want it. Okay. It's not this racist, uh, whatever. It's all there. You want it. You got it. And it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. The opportunity is fair to everybody and it's not going to be easy, but you got to dig your heels in and you got to get after it. And to hear that story to where you came and to where you're at, because I watched you, I've watched you since that day and I have watched your, your, your reels. I didn't, you know, even myself, as much as I do all this stuff, I didn't really, one day I made one reel and I didn't even know I made a reel. I thought I was doing some kind of a, just a quick video for my Facebook, but I must've hit the real thing. This is almost a year, year ago before I even knew it. And it was just me talking about, you know, a 30 second talk about being an older guy. And this is what you got to do. You know, don't let age get in the way. And man, that thing went, I was like, what the heck, man, that thing went, went crazy. I'm like, how did I get in all these likes? Is this just a video on my Facebook page? That's just not how it worked. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is pretty powerful. I mean, you get your stuff out there. It can go either way. Right. It can, and like you said, there's sometimes you do things and it really sucks, but you got to go through the suck in order to get the, uh, to get to the prize just you know you got to embrace the suck in in order to get to the next level it just is what it is it's how life is crazy but this has been an awesome hour i really appreciate you uh taking the time out of your day getting on the uh beyond the map podcast this is what i do and this is what it's all about you know everything i do and in my martial arts and the fighting and all that kind of all the real work happens beyond the mat what you learn here it's got to be a go go out there just like what you do uh it's Everything that you took life experiences and and what you did and your grandfather's legacy, and now you're putting it out there for everybody else to see. Just an awesome thing. I really appreciate the time. So we're we're, going to be doing this together. Trust me. We're going to do something again. I just want to say that, you know, something out there is depending on you to do what God has called you to do. And I think that everybody... has this amazing gift, but most time we don't do it because we're so afraid. So I just, if I can just tell one thing is what Daniel told me is to be yourself. And it doesn't matter how a beginning is, is as hard as it is, it gets easier and easier, but you shouldn't always focus, instead of focusing on now, and most people focus on instant gratification, focus on delayed gratification, because when you actually do that and you put in the work and you slowly build, you'll see the results. You have to plant the seeds, and water them, let the sun, and then everything else will manifest in your life. Awesome way to end the show. Appreciate you so much, Mursada. This will be out in audio. Make sure you go on on uh, Messenger for me and give me all your information on how to contact you. And uh, I'll be looking at a clubhouse today. All right? Have uh, an awesome day. There is, you said, don't edging God out when you spoke on the stage. Yes, I did. I it just like fell in love with your story and how you shared that so many times we edge God out. We're focusing our ego. We're focusing, just go after what you want and never give up. <laughs> never Thanks. Give up. Appreciate love. it so much. Much love. We'll see ya. Bye Mark. <laughs> bye bye. You've been listening to real talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, 
and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at MarkCox.com. Till next time, keep it real.